0: Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Just before Christmas, I did something that I've never done before. I did a seven day challenge on Facebook in a Facebook group called the Profits of Profit, where I shared seven strategies in seven days from clients of mine who are each generating seven figures in profit, or somewhere actually eight figures in profit. So each one shared a different strategy that was the one thing that made the biggest difference in allowing them to grow their profits sustainably to seven figures and beyond. And now we're in the current phase in the kind of new lockdown, I thought I'd reinvigorate that and kind of go more in depth into each of those strategies that they shared. So every week, For the uh, next seven weeks, we're going to release one of these strategies. So today, I'm going to start with the first strategy, uh, which was shared by a client of mine, long-time client, five or six years now, I think we've worked together, Paul Goff. Now, Paul um, has a number of different businesses. First of all, he's a physiotherapist. He worked with professional sports people, professional athletes, but then he built a physiotherapy business, a multi-clinic business. As he removed himself from that business, he still owns it, He then uh, had a media business, a media empire, and then subsequently he also used the cash flow from that to start a property empire. He now owns most of Hartlepool. So, um, in fact, I interviewed Paul Goss on my podcast before. It was um, season two, episode 14, uh, going from six-figure revenue to seven-figure profits. It's a great interview, got great feedback, well worth checking out. However, when I asked him, Paul, what was the one thing that made the biggest difference. In a heartbeat, without even blinking, he said, oh, it's got to be one to many selling. And you might have heard that expression before, but Paul's got a bit of a unique twist on it. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, back when I was a physio and started my first physio practice, it was all about me. So I would have to do the marketing, I would have to do the sales, then I would have to actually do the work, you know, work on the client's hamstring or whatever. And he goes, I needed leverage. Okay, so uh, first he hired other physios. Right. And then he did that and he built out a clinic. But it's still limited because every physio has to see the client, has to do the pitch, has to then do the work. So it, it can only grow incrementally in a linear type fashion. The next kind of shift forward for him, almost innovation, a leverage point was, or was uh, he figured out doing workshops. So uh, he would deliver workshops on, say, back pain. And then he would get a group of people that had problems with recurring back pain in for a workshop. Uh, and then he would be able to sign up seven or eight people in one go. But as he thought about how to leverage it better, the, the innovation was when he moved to webinars, Because not only could he do a webinar where, makes sense, right? If you're in back pain, you probably don't want to get in the car and travel all the way to a physiotherapy clinic. Um, uh, You can see it from the comfort of your own home. But he also was able to leverage time. Because he was able to repeat and automate that webinar. The point is, you need to leverage the assets and the skill set that you've got. And, you need to do it across all the different points of, uh, parts of your business. You know, so for most businesses, at least three key areas which you can get significant leverage on one is marketing, one is sales, and one is operations, right? And so the starting point is identifying the limiting parts of the process, okay? Then asking yourself, okay, what does the leverage look like? And then can you figure out a way to, for example, optimise what you're already doing and do it better so it's leveraged to more people, as an example? Or is it an innovation, something new that you haven't done before? So with Paul, the process was it went from him as doing it all one to one to getting leverage via hiring people. But then he further optimised that by doing workshops so each person he hired could deal with more than one person at a time and could sell one-to-many via workshops and then innovation via doing webinars. Okay. So here is the takeaway, the little exercise, the little cheat sheet, if you will, which if you do this exercise, uh, will allow you to apply this in your business. I want you to create a grid. Okay. On one axis, I want you to put those three core areas, marketing, sales, and operations. Okay. And then on the other axis, I want you to identify first, down one column, what are the limitations? You could just say, what are you currently doing that's not leveraged, right? Well, what are the limitations in your marketing process, in your sales process, and in your operations, your delivery, okay? what What is it that you do, that you do, so it's dependent upon your time, or it's one-to-one? Then in another column, I want you to brainstorm as many ideas as you can to get leverage, And again, that leverage could take the form of optimizing what you already do, right? So an example for marketing, you can split test the same landing pages, uh, and that gives you leverage because you get more customers or signups from the same amount of traffic. Okay. I mean, linear leverage could just come from the form of turning up the dial on driving more traffic. But optimization might be from split testing the landing page, right? So that gives you more leverage. More people get your sales pitch, more people buy because of that optimization. Another optimization could be having a more thorough, lengthy follow up sequence so you get more buyers. Um, and then the innovation might be across different platforms, things that you're not already doing. So you're leveraging the assets, the collateral that you've already got, and then doing it in other areas. And you'll find that you can often do that as well for sales and for for operations. So operationally, what is it that you're doing the delivery one-to-one, okay? So for me, I could give this advice to a client one-to-one, but it's limited. I could optimize that by doing it for a workshop, right so it's a greater number of people but the high leverage activity the innovation might be recording it and putting it on a podcast putting it on youtube right driving on different platforms doing it on clubhouse okay that's what that might look like but the question is how does this apply to you so create a grid one axis marketing sales operation other axis what are the current limitations and then brainstorm the leverage, the optimizations, the innovations for each area. Like come up with as many as you possibly can and then just highlight the best ones. Each thing incrementally, it can give you an optimum return on time. And these are the things that allow Paul to go from a, by most people's standards, doing great as a physio, making, I think he said in the interview, 40 or 50 grand a year, which is double, you know, the national average full-time salary, which is amazing. But, you know, he was a highly skilled professional to making seven-figure profits was via this process, going one-to-many. Create your grid, let me know how you get on. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, profit is sanity nine and a half steps to improving your profits and cash flow also join our facebook group the turnover is vanity profit is sanity community to connect with other business owners